Section 6 of Wayside and Woodland Trees, A Pocket Guide to the British Silva by Edward Stepp. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Native Trees and Shrubs, Part 6. The Wild Pear, Pyrus communis. The wild pear is only to be found growing in the southern half of Britain, its northward range not extending beyond Yorkshire, and even in the south its claim to be regarded as a true native has been contested. Mr. Hewitt C. Watson regards it as more probably a denizen, that is, a species originally introduced by man which has maintained its hold upon the new land. Upon this assumption it is probable that the introduced specimens were already somewhat cultivated, but when they, or their descendants, became wild, they reverted to the original condition of the species. The wild pear, or choke pear, is a small tree, from twenty to sixty feet in height, of somewhat pyramidal form. The twigs, which are usually of a drooping tendency, are also much given to ending in spines, a character scarcely apparent in the cultivated tree. The leaves, too, of the wild tree are more distinctively toothed than those of the garden pear. They are oval in shape, with blunt-toothed edges, and downy on the lower surface. Along the new shoots the leaves are arranged alternately on opposite sides, but on shoots a year old they are produced in clusters. The flowers, which measure more than an inch across, are pure white in color, and are clustered in kinds of five to nine. They appear in April and May and are of the wild rose type, there being numerous stamens from three to five styles, which ripen before the stamens, five petals and the calyx, taking the form of a pitcher with a five-lobed mouth, represents the five sepals. In speaking of the wild plums, we directed attention to the fact that the ovary was within the flower. In the pear, and the other members of the genus Pyrus, it is below the flower, hidden away, in fact, within the calyx tube. When the flower opens, it is ready for fertilization, but as the stamens of that flower are not yet mature, this can only be accomplished by pollen brought by the bees from other flowers as they rifle the honey glands. The effect of pollinization is to cause special vegetative activity in the neighborhood of the ovary, resulting in the thickening of the flesh of the calyx tube around it, until it has become of the characteristic pear shape and an inch or two in length. A section of a pear or apple, taken lengthwise, will show a faint green outline of the ovary, and will demonstrate how much of the flesh is really belonging to the calyx tube. The fruit of the wild pear is green until about November, when it turns yellow. It is of too harsh a character to be fit for eating. A pear, formerly known as a variety, Brigisi, of Pyrus communis, is now regarded as a distinct species under the name of Pyrus cordata. It is found in Cornwall, and is distinguished by its more oval leaves being rounded at the base, and by its much smaller fruits often being globular. The pear is a long-lived tree that grows singly or in small groups on dry plains. It attains a height of about 50 feet in 30 years, and its girth may then be 3 or 4 feet. The timber is fine-grained, strong and heavy, with a reddish tinge. Stained with black, it is used to counterfeit ebony. The Wild Apple, Pyrus malus. It is by no means an easy matter to decide whether the crab trees that grow along the hedgerows are truly wild or the offspring of orchard apples. In woods, away from gardens and orchards, there is less difficulty. Like the pear, the apple appears to have been the subject of cultural attention from very early times. 
this is proved by the philologists from the similarity of the equivalents for our word apple in all the celtic and sclavonian languages showing by their common origin that the fruit was of sufficient importance to have a distinctive name long before the separation of the peoples of northern europe the name of crab is of comparatively recent origin prior regards it as a form of the lowland scotch scrab derived from the anglo-saxon scrob a shrub indicating that it is an apple bush rather than an apple tree the wild apple has not the pyramidal form of the wild pear the branches spreading more widely when young and drooping when older so that the head is rounded in height it varies as a tree from twenty to thirty feet though many examples of good age still retain the dimensions of a bush owing to the spreading character of the branches the diameter of the head often exceeds the height of the tree the bole has seldom any pretensions to symmetry and is usually more or less crooked like the older branches the brown bark is not very rough though its numerous fissures and cracks give it a rugged appearance its wood like that of the pear is hard and fine-grained but instead of having a reddish tinge there is a tendency to brownness the leaves vary in shape but are more or less oblong smooth above sometimes downy on the lower surface when young and with toothed edges the flowers are about the same size as those of the wild pear but their white petals are beautifully tinted and streaked with pink the small clusters are umbels that is to say the foot stalks of similar length start from a common base the fruit is almost spherical and instead of the foot stalk gradually merging into the apple the attachment is always in a depression of the latter in the typical form of the wild apple the yellow and red fruit hang by their slender stalks but there is a variety metis in which the fruit is borne above the stouter stalks the variety may also be known by the downiness of the young leaves the calyx tube and the stalks the fruit is about an inch across and so rich in malic acid as to be unfit for food in its natural state though children punish their digestive organs with it pigs are partial to crab apples a taste they have evidently inherited from the wild boar a delicious preserve called crab jelly is made by stewing the whole fruit then pressing the soft flesh through a hair sieve and boiling the pulp with sugar cider is made from the rotting crabs also a kind of vinegar called verjuice or vargas the wild apple is found all over the united kingdom as far north as the clyde and wherever it is known to occur it is worth a special visit in may when all its crooked branches and straggling shoots are rendered beautifully by the abundance of delicately tinted and fragrant flowers it is also far from being unattractive in the autumn when the miniature apples hang from the boughs white beam pyrus aria owing to its very local occurrence the white beam though widely distributed is one of the less known of our trees and shrubs it comes into both these categories according to the situation of its growth for whilst in exposed mountainous localities a specimen of mature age may be no more than four or five feet high and of bush-like growth under the lee of a wood and on a calcareous soil it will be an erect and graceful tree of pyramidal form whose apex is forty feet from the ground in its early years growth is tolerably rapid but at the age of ten it slackens pace and after it has attained its majority its progress is very slow its wood is fine-grained very hard white but inclining to yellow the bark is smooth and little subject to the cracks and fissures that mark the apple bark the branches except a few of the lowest all have an upward tendency 
the leaves vary considerably in the several forms or subspecies but in the typical form they are a broad oval with the edges coarsely toothed or cut into lobes the upper side smooth and the lower side clothed with white cottony down the almost straight nerves strongly marked the white flowers which appear in may or june are only half an inch across and gather into loose clusters they are succeeded by nearly round scarlet fruits, half an inch in diameter, known in Lancashire and Westmoreland as chess apples. The tree is also known in the same districts as sea owler, the latter word, according to Pryor, being a corruption of aller or alder, probably from the resemblance of the plated leaves to those of Alnus glutinosa. These chess apples are very sharp and rough to the taste, but when kept like meddlers, till they blet or begin to decay, are far from unpleasant birds and squirrels eagerly seek for them on the tree and those that fall are as welcome to hedgehogs and other mammals this form is only found from the midlands to the south of england as far west as devon and in ireland the subspecies latifolia pyrus rotundifolia of some botanists has broader leaves varying from oval oblong to almost round divided into wedge-shaped lobes the cottony down beneath being gray rather than white and the nerves less prominent on the underside this form is found in cornwall the subspecies scandica also known as pyrus intermedia has the leaves less tough more deeply divided into rounded or oblong lobes and the gray cotton beneath of a looser character this form is found in scotland it should be noted that this species must not be called the white beam tree for the word beam is the saxon equivalent for tree other names for it include hen apple cumberland hawthorn whorewithy quick beam and whip crop the wild service pyrus torminalis is a small tree of local occurrence which does not extend further north than lancashire in general appearance it may be taken for the white beam but closer inspection will reveal the following differences the leaves which are cut into tapering lobes and coarsely toothed are heart-shaped at the base when young they are slightly downy beneath but when mature they are smooth on both sides though the flowers are similar in size and color to those of the white beam the fruit is smaller one-third inch in diameter less globular and more like a large haw though the color is greenish brown the flowers appear in April and May, and the fruit, which is of a very dry, juiceless character, is ripe in November. In some localities, these fruits are marketed, but they require to be kept like meddlers until decay sets in, before they are fit to be eaten. Mountain Ash, or Rowan, Pyrus aucuparia. Little description of the mountain ash is needed, for in recent years it has come so much into favor that it is now one of the commonest of the trees planted in little suburban gardens and forecourts. Its hardiness, its indifference to the character of the soil, the fact that other plants will grow beneath it, and the absence of need for pruning, all these points unite to make it suitable and popular for growth in restricted spaces but the wood on the hillside is the natural home of the mountain ash and in the highlands its vertical range extends to two thousand six hundred feet above sea level the mountain ash attains a height of from thirty to fifty feet and has a straight clean bowl clothed in smooth gray bark scarred horizontally as though it had been scored with a knife all the branches have an upward tendency and the shoots bear the long feathery leaves whose division into six or eight pairs of slender leaflets suggest the ash from which part of its name has been borrowed 
gazing on this tree either in flower or fruit it would be quite unnecessary to explain that it is not even remotely allied to fraxinus excelsior and that the similarity of leaf division is the only point of resemblance between them these leaflets have toothed edges are paler on the underside and in a young condition the midrib and nerves are hairy the creamy white fragrant flowers are like little hawthorn blossoms though only half the size and they appear in dense clusters chymes, in may or june the fruit are miniature apples of the size of holly berries bright scarlet without and yellow within they ripen in september and are then a great attraction to thrushes blackbirds and their kind who rapidly strip the tree of them though this at first sight may appear like frustrating the tree's object in producing fruit it is not really so the attractive flesh being a mere bait to introduce the birds to pass the seeds through their intestines and thus get them sown far and wide by this method the process of germination is considerably hastened whereas by hand sowing the seeds lie in the earth for eighteen months before shooting all the species of pyrus produce their fruits with this object the larger more or less brownish ones being intended to attract mammals and the smaller red-colored to tempt birds the seeds have leathery jackets to protect them from the action of the digestive fluids and are further wrapped in a parchmenty bony or wooden core endocarp with a similar object in the case of the rowan this is very like wood in the south of britain the mountain ash is chiefly grown as underwood and used as a nurse for oaks and other timber trees which soon outgrow it and kill it so that in the woods it is seldom allowed to grow into a fully developed tree but thanks to the birds it comes up on the common and the hillside and has a chance of producing its masses of ruby fruits its wood is tough and elastic but owing to the smallness of its girth it does not produce timber of any size still it makes admirable poles and hoops the word rowan is one of the most interesting of tree names and connects the still existing superstitious practices of our northern counties not only with the old norsemen but with the ancient hindus who spoke the sanskrit tongue the word is spelled in many ways which connect it with the old norse runa a charm it being supposed to have power to ward off the effects of the evil eye in earlier times runa was the sanskrit appellation for a magician rune staffas were staves cut from the rowan tree upon which runes were inscribed until quite recently the respect for its magical properties was shown in the north by fixing a branch of rowan to the cattle beer as a charm against the evil designs of witches warlocks and others of that kidney in this connection we may quote also from evelyn's silva he says ale and beer brewed with these berries being ripe is an incomparable drink familiar in wales where this tree is reputed so sacred that there is not a churchyard without one of them planted in it as among us the yew and so on a certain day in the year everybody religiously wears a cross made of the wood and the tree is by some authors called fraxinus cambro britannica reputed to be a preservative against fascinations and evil spirits whence perhaps we call it witchin the boughs being stuck about the house or the wood used for walking staves among the numerous names of the mountain ash are fowler's service or service from cerevisia a fermented drink cock drunks hen drunks from the belief that fowls were intoxicated by eating the berries quick beam white ash from the color of the flowers witch wood and witchin 
quick beam is an allusion to the constant movement of foliage quick being the anglo-saxon quick alive which wood and witchen are also forms of quick the true service pyrus sorbus closely resembles the mountain ash in habit and foliage but it is not a native of britain though it used to be claimed as such on account of its growing in the more mountainous parts of cornwall and in wire forest worcestershire the latter however is the only service tree that could put in such a claim for it grows or grew far from habitations or cultivated land and the presumption is that it has not owed its introduction to man still one swallow does not make a summer and a solitary wild tree does not give the species a title to be reckoned as british it is occasionally cultivated here and its portrait with a brief account of its points of difference from the mountain ash may be useful a comparison of the photographs from the bowls of the two species will show a great difference that of the mountain ash being smooth whilst that of the service is rugged the leaf is similarly broken up into paired leaflets but these are broader and are downy on both upper and lower sides the white flowers are as large as may blossoms and the fruits which may be either apple-shaped or pear-shaped are greenish brown with rusty specks and four times the size of rowan berries in winter when there are no leaves flowers nor fruits to help in the distinction the bark may be taken in conjunction with the leaf buds which are green and smooth in this species whilst those of the mountain ash are black and downy the fruit may be eaten after it has begun to decay as in the case of the medlar loudon describes the wood of the service as the hardest and heaviest of all the trees indigenous to europe fine-grained red-tinted susceptible of a high polish and much in request in france for all purposes where strength and durability are needed he further says that it takes two centuries to attain its full stature fifty to sixty feet and lives to so great an age that some specimens of it are believed to be upwards of one thousand years old we have already made reference to the meaning of the name service another name sorb from latin sorbeo shows closer affinity for the fermented liquor indicated by service for it means drink down a third name is checker tree which dr pryor tells us is an antique pronunciation of the word choker in allusion to the unpalatable fruit fit to choke one choke pear it will be remembered is a synonym of the wild pear britain and holland regard the name checker tree as having no connection with choking but an indication of the checkered or spotted appearance of the fruit the medlar pyrus germanica is a small tree native of persia asia minor and greece and which is generally held to occur wild in england and the channel islands only as an escape from cultivation the theory is that the tree was introduced at some date prior to 1596 when we have record of its being in cultivation here and that the medlar trees growing in the hedges of south and middle england are from seeds of those cultivated trees which have been sown by birds or more probably mammals who have eaten the fruit the fact that it is not found in woods is taken as evidence that it is non-indigenous such evidence is not the most convincing but it is the best available it should be noted however that the agents credited with its distribution along our hedgerows have free access to woods and that if these places were favorable to the growth of the medlar we should probably find it there whether indigenous or exotic much more conclusive we think is its restricted distribution abroad as already indicated 
one would not expect to find a tree whose nearest home is greece leaping over the whole of europe and appearing as an indigen in britain in its wild condition the medlar is a much branched and spiny tree from ten to twenty feet high in these respects resembling the hawthorn but like the pear it puts off its defences when cultivated its leaves are large and undivided of an oblong lance shape downy beneath and sometimes with the edges very finely toothed the solitary white flowers are large one and a half inches across with a woolly calyx whose five tips expand into leafy growths they appear in may or june and are succeeded by brown fruits an inch or less across which may be described as round with a depressed top which is ornamented with the remains of the calyx lobes they ripen in october or november hawthorn cratagus oxycantha though distributed as a wild tree throughout the length and breadth of the british islands we are all more familiar with the hawthorn as planted material in the construction of hedges and this is a use to which it has been put ever since land was plotted out and enclosed for the word is anglo-saxon hedge thorn and signifies hedge thorn the man in the street would say without hesitation that hawthorn means the thorn that produces haws but the philologist would tell him that it is only a modern and erroneous practice to apply the name of the hedge to the fruit of the hedge thorn it is also white thorn to make the distinction between its light gray bark and that of the black thorn and may because of the period when it chiefly attracts attention where the hawthorn is allowed its natural growth it attains a height of forty feet with a circumference between three and ten feet such a tree is represented in our photograph on our commons where in their youth the hawthorns have to submit to much mutilation from browsing animals their growth is spoiled but though some of these never become more than bushes tangled up with the blackthorn into small thickets there are others that form a distinct bowl and a round head of branches from ten to twenty feet high which in late may or more frequently early june look like solid masses of snow the characteristic of the tree which makes it so valuable as fencing material is found in its numerous branches supporting a network of twigs so dense that even a hand may not be pushed among them without incurring serious scratches that this character is not confined to it as a hedge shrub is clearly shown by the winter photograph of the leafless tree the well-known lobed leaves are very variable both in size and shape and the degree to which they are cut they are a favorite food with horses and oxen who would demolish the hedges that confine them to the fields but for the spines which project the older branches at least the white flowers are about three-quarters of an inch across borne in numerous corymbs the pink anthers give relief to the uniform whiteness of the petals the flowers though usually sweet-scented occasionally give forth a very unpleasant odor the familiar fruits too instead of their usual crimson are yellow occasionally as in the holly in favorable years these are so plentiful that they quite kill the effect of the dark green leaves and when such a tree is seen in the october sunshine it appears to be glowing with fire to its center beneath the ripe mealy flesh there is a hard bony core in whose cells the seeds are protected from digestion when the fruit has been swallowed by a bird the hawthorn is said to live from a century to two centuries growing very slowly after it has reached a height of about fifteen feet its wood is both hard and tough and the name of the genus has reference to that fact being derived from the greek kratos strength the strawberry tree arbutus unedo not in the woods or by waysides in great britain will the strawberry tree be found though it may be seen in parks and gardens but in parts of the emerald isle it is native 
killarney muckross and bantry are given by hooker as its irish stations but we have also found it in the woods at woodstock county kilkenny in a situation where it seemed unlikely such a tree would be planted it does not attain a large size ordinarily about ten or twelve feet though in cultivation it may attain to twenty or even thirty feet the bark is rough and scaly tinged with red and twisted the leathery leaves are more or less oval two or three inches long with toothed edges and hairy stalks although arranged alternately on the shoots they present the appearance at a little distance of being clustered rosette fashion at the tips of the twigs the creamy white flowers are clustered in drooping racemes at the ends of the twigs and are about one-third of an inch across bell-shaped when the seed eggs have been fertilized the corollas drop off so that in the flowering season september and october the ground beneath will usually be found strewn with them the fruit is a round berry of an orange-red hue whose surface is completely studded with little points as these berries do not come to maturity until about fourteen months after the flowers have dropped their corollas we may see both flowers and almost full-formed fruit on the tree at the same time they are not eatable until quite ripe and even then they are not to everybody's taste on account of their austerity in truth we have it on the testimony of pliony that the old latin name unedo now enshrined in the specific scientific name was given to it because to eat one of these tree strawberries was a sufficiently extensive acquaintance for most persons it is perhaps unnecessary to add that in spite of the name there is no relationship existing between this tree and the strawberry nor is there more than a faint superficial resemblance between the fruits of the two plants the strawberry belongs to the great rose family whilst the nearest british connections of the arbutus are the bilberries and heaths end of section six